Hello and welcome to Influence Marketing Talks, a podcast brought to you by Cure Media, the leading and award-winning influence marketing agency for fashion, home and beauty brands. Now this is your weekly podcast to learn more about consumer behavior in the digital age and of course all things influence marketing. And we're going to take a little bit longer today, closer to 30 minutes, because this is no ordinary episode. Absolutely not, because this is our New Year's special. Yes, for the third time, we're bringing you an extra exciting episode to close out the year. I'm Frida Ekholm. I'm Sana Oudmark. And I'm Holly Maran. And we will be your hosts today. So exciting. And for this year's New Year's special, we invited three influencer founder brands and their amazing founders, of course, to get inside their heads on what they think consumers will want to see and engage with on social media next year and what brands need to do to stand out from the crowd. It is time to introduce you to our first guest, Maya Nilsson Lindelöv, creator and founder of the fashion brand Lisbona Atelier. Thank you so much for joining us today, Maya. I am so happy to have you here. I am so happy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. So Lisbona Atelier was created in 2021, but the idea came to you already six years ago. So before we deep dive into the other questions, can you give us a brief introduction to how this journey started? It started, I lived in Portugal at the time in Lisbon. And since I was a little girl, I've always loved fashion, clothes and everything that's a part of that world. Um, I really found a big interest in it. So I just loved it. So when I lived in Portugal in Lisbon, I realized that I really wanted to work with this. I wanted this as my job. And if it was my own brand, felt like miles away. It felt so difficult. But I decided and I always thought like one day I will have it. Um, When? I don't know, but one day. So it started in Lisbon. I was unemployed. I had no job. I just studied some Portuguese. I was very lost in life in general. And I just, I just realized that this was my biggest dream in my career. So, And you've done an amazing job. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm very proud of the brand, actually. So, I understand that you should be. So what would you say is the number one secret behind Lisbon Atelier's success? I think the secret is my vision. I've had a clear vision from the start. I knew exactly how I wanted the brand, how I wanted to create the pieces, how everything should look like. I think I had the name like five years ago. I had, I knew how the boxes should look like. I knew how the first campaign should look like. So I always had a very clear vision. And as soon as I feel like something is going in another direction, I stop myself and I reflect and I think, okay, what what is happening now? And I get back on track. So I always do everything in line with my vision. And I think that's the secret. Yeah, that's super important. Yeah. And while 2023 is closing up on us, what do you think will be the biggest shifts in what content consumers want to see and engage with on social media next year, both as a creator, but also as a founder of a fashion brand? 
I think, first of all, it's been changing a lot already. I can barely keep up. I'm trying to like learn the new ways of social media. But obviously, people want to see movements and um, videos. And I think that's the main focus, at least for us next year, to create new things in movements. People don't want to see just a picture anymore. So I really think that's important. I also think it's important to show more relatable content. I think, um, for example, for Lisbon Atelier to create campaigns in an everyday environment. I think that's very important. And also, I think people want to follow more behind the scenes. They want to see the whole journey, the good things, the bad things, the yeah, more behind the scenes, the real stuff, especially if you're a new brand. I think that's very interesting for people. So, yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. And you can see this trend with TikTok spilling over what people want on Instagram and so on. So they are giving and taking from each other, the new platforms. Yeah, very much. Yeah. So with you having lots of experience, both as an influencer and as a founder of your own fashion brand, what would your top three advice be for brands and creators who want to stand out on social media next year? I think um, it's very important as a new brand to don't think too much about what products that are going to sell. I think it's very important to be unique and go with your own designs and ideas. I think that's one of the key things because, of course, you want to sell and you want to make money so you can make new things. But that's not what's going to make you unique and stand out in the crowd. And I also think it's important to protect the image of the brand. I it's a the fashion industry is very tough and you don't really get second chances so do everything correct and very good all like in the start it's very important to do everything as good as you can from the start but you always need to remember that nothing goes as you have planned that's the thing i've learned the most so go with the flow Everything doesn't need to be perfect, but don't just make something just to make it. You, it needs to be very good quality, good products for your brand to stand out. And I think the most important thing is to be you and go with your gut. I think it's so important. If you want to stand out, take inspiration from everywhere, but don't go with the rest. Don't go with the stream. Um, be you and that takes a lot of courage to have an idea of a piece and many people might say oh that's gonna be too much no one wants to buy that but still do it and that's how you make your own customers and in the end they are gonna find your brand the customers you want they are gonna find you in the end if you do if you are you and unique so that's great advice Big thanks for joining this episode, Maya. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for having me and Happy New Year's. And Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas New Year's. Before. Yeah. And Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> So our next guest is one of the two founders of the Swedish beauty and skincare brand Hiccup. Welcome Emil Holmqvist, CEO and co-founder. Thank you very much. Thank you. We're so happy to have you here. I'm glad to be here. 
Great. So before we dive into the three questions, could you just start by giving us a brief introduction to your company and how it all started? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, uh, I started it about six years ago together with my sister. So we're a vegan beauty brand selling premium like skincare, makeup, brushes, but for, for an affordable price. We came from the like the influencer side of things. We, we started out, uh, we had the YouTube channel. Eight years ago, the channel was uh, like, first of all, my, my sister's channel, most of all, and was kind of like a beauty channel where I sort of was in the backside of things I was filming and was helping her with other things uh, in the background. Uh, and as the channel was about beauty, we thought, okay, what kind of beauty product can we maybe sell to people? Or what, where can we find like a gap in the market? And what we had seen as she was a educated makeup artist, we have seen that uh, makeup brushes was a thing that we could improve on. If you wanted to buy makeup products or the makeup brushes, you either would buy really expensive ones to have the good ones, or if you wanted to buy the cheap ones, they were not good at all. So we thought like, what if we can make some our own makeup brushes uh, with no middlemans and just sell it on our own website? We can probably get a really good brush for an affordable price really fast on we we had a big success on these products so we thought like okay this can actually be something and be a company and be a be a brand uh so uh, yeah that's where we started in our, in our basement uh, in, in the, our parents house that's so inspiring so starting in your parents house and fast forward till today when your products are sold both on your own website, obviously, but also by global guidance like H&M. Yeah. So what would you say is the number one secret behind Hiccup's success? Uh, I would say it's uh, the, the great products and the product launches and uh, really hard work. As I said, we have been doing this for a lot of years and, and, and since day one, the makeup brushes were so good, so it didn't really matter that like the followers count. It was the, actually the, the the product itself. Uh, and since then, we have released uh, so many new products from skincare, makeup, uh, perfume, and other things. And this, we always have this in mind: like the the, the product is the most important thing, and and we mm -hmm. spend a lot of time on and energy on developing them uh, to to really get like the best quality and also really listen to the customer feedback uh, as we are so close together with the followers and, and the customers we can get them feedback and they can be a part of the be a part of the journey and the, and the product development mm. so uh, a, yeah. a lot of time on on the brand and the products uh, and then of course like the expertise in, in social media and digital marketing as well as we we come from the influencer side of things we really know what what kind of content that works and what we can do for for our own brand for sure. You're the experts and it's so fascinating how Vilma, your sister, how how she um, is this trust or thought leader as an influencer in the beauty space and also in your as a face for your brand. So you mentioned content and I think everyone is really curious to hear you say that you know a lot about social media and I know you do. Uh, so when it comes to what content consumers want to see and engage with next year, and focusing on Gen Z and millennials, what would you say will be the biggest shifts during next year? What will be most important? Uh, well, I, th I think we've seen 
quite a lot of it during this year. Uh, we've seen TikTok taking over and, and we have seen that every like big social platform uh, is trying to replicate their kind of uh, behavior, their kind of content with like YouTube shorts, uh, Instagram reels and stuff. Uh, so uh, even more more video that we've seen before, uh, like the the normal pictures in the feed uh, that you've seen so many times is is kind of dead. Um, I think we will see even more like authentic content, and com- also compared to like the last few years when there was a lot of like stage things and showed the Photoshop pictures. Mm. So. Uh, yeah, like the video, uh, authentic, creative content. Uh, we we can, we can also see that this kind of content is is what works the best on uh, digital uh, ads as well. You're using the this content for for boosting it on paid as well. Yeah, for sure. And some content we can like make for it to be like a sort of um, like normal content first, and then we, when we see this goes really well, we can just like tweak it a bit uh, to make it uh, into an ad. And I think like we one big shift that has really been been changing this year is that every piece of content is like kind of lives its own life. Uh, a few years back, the biggest variable for getting many views was to have a lot of followers. But now, anyone with a really creative video can go viral. And uh, so, yeah, there, there's really a shift here in the content itself is more important uh, than the, the followers count, and it's uh, really. A great opportunity, I think, for for like smaller creators and smaller brands as well. Yeah, for sure. And a final question: As the influencer and the co-founder of your own brand, what would your three top tips be for brands who want to stand out from the crowd on social media 2023? Um, I think I touched a bit on this on the last question, but number one is to do uh, as much content as possible. Try to be creative and make it really authentic, uh, show how you came up with the idea for the brand, the production process, and the staff, everything around the business. Uh, we can see many new brands on TikTok starting out and spending like zero marketing dollars, but then it still still sells a lot of products because they make a lot of content and some of it goes viral. Uh, mm-hmm. So as I said before, by doing this, you can see what kind of content works the best. And then when you find something that goes viral or get a lot of views organically you can then tweak that and make into an ad and then like push some some marketing dollars uh, around it so that's the the, the first one, uh, one. The, the second one would be influence marketing uh, of course uh, influence marketing is a great way to to spread the message to your target group and uh, really like in a, in an authentic way and, and where the people actually will listen to what the influencer has to say. Uh, the great about influence marketing is that it really builds trust and brand, but you can still sell some stuff <laughs> at the same time. So you don't yeah. you can both do conversion and sort of branding, I think. Uh, and even better than when, when we, have, we have seen a lot of this, when we get the influencers to talk about the products. Then when they see an ad about the brand or maybe are in store and find the brand, they have seen like, okay, I can trust this brand. As this influencers talked about it, uh, I can now watch this ad and actually maybe purchase from it. Compared sure. to if you wouldn't have uh, done the influence marketing. Yeah. And the third one uh, I would say is create a community about, uh, around the brand. 
really listen to uh, to your customers and let them be part of the part of the journey. Uh, work with them to improve your products. Uh, in the end, it's the uh, the customers that decides if a product or service is is good and not like the team or the staff around around in the company. Um, one practical thing you can actually do, like for some practical tips, uh, is to get tips, uh, ideas from from your content or for, for, for comments or, or DMs. Like take these comments and on TikTok, you can like uh, answer a comment with a video. And this is really great to, to both engage uh, with the audience and then make some content around what the, the customers really want to want to see. So that's, that's really uh, smart that's interaction. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much, Emil, for guesting the podcast and for sharing your story. Oh, no worries. Thank you very much. So our next guest today is Zane Alexandra, creator and founder of the eponymous fashion brand Zane Alexandra. And we're so lucky to have you here with us today, Zana. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Such a um, pleasure. For us more so, I think. We're spoiled. So, Zana, you've been creating for a long time. You know, you were really um, an early adopter of the influencer scene. Um, how did Zana Alexandra, both the, the brand and the creator, come to be? Um, so, um I started blogging back mm. in 2008 because in Sweden we had um, a website called something with like a travel diary. And then so when a lot of people from Sweden went abroad after they um, quit school, yeah, they graduated, they uh, had um, like a blog there where their parents and friends could read it. So at 2000. Eight, I went to Los Angeles because I wanted to become a dancer. And I was thinking, should I write a blog here on this like travel diary? But I decided to start a blog instead. And that's when uh, some people started following me. Uh, I lived in LA for two years. I wrote a, a lot about styling and, um, and clothes also, and also about dreams and visions and believing in yourself and being... Um, brave enough to do what you dream of and a lot of that so all of my followers followed me when I moved back to Sweden and 2012 um, I had worked at a web shop in Sweden for two years um, and uh, I just had a dream where when I worked there to have my own brand one day uh, so when I stopped there when I quit that job um, I um, moved with my ex-boyfriend to a really small city in not really small but pretty small city yeah. in Sweden. it was different like living in LA and then going to this city was was different I can imagine and I was there I couldn't get any jobs um I applied for so many so one day when I was pretty I was pretty like I thought I didn't think that life was very fun I I didn't want to wake up in the morning. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say depressed, but I didn't have that much energy inside me. I just felt like everything was pretty, um, I don't know, it just, it just didn't feel very meaningful. Uh, like coming yeah. from the dance world where I had like a true purpose and I had to, um, I was able to do something for myself every day that I really loved. 
Um, so one day my grandpa told me like, but son, I know that you know what you want to do. And we never talked about what it was, but he knew that I wanted to start my own brand. So from that day, I'm serious. Like I woke up in the morning and I had so much more energy, even though I had, I, I, I like, I, I wasn't even start. I, like I, I hadn't even started yet, but I just felt like I was going there, that I was yeah. on my way to um, um, reach my goals and dreams. So from that, I had to borrow money from my dad and I asked him if we could go to China. And a couple of months later, he said yes. And that was in September. And I, I launched my brand in December. So that oh, wow. was just later, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I couldn't really afford to design all the pieces myself. So I, I could afford to design three pieces myself. And the rest was just clothes that I um, bought and I just put my label on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was uh, December 2013. And from that moment, I've just been working really hard. Like my uncle asked me like three years ago, he's like, I don't get why you kept doing it because you had like every challenge a person could like have. <laughs> but I just think that if you think something is really fun and you're doing it because you really want to do it, not not because like, oh, it sounds cool to have a clothing brand. Like if you're really following your true dreams, I, I think it's so much easier when things are tough. And thinking about, you know, the brand um, that you've built from scratch was amazing. What do you think is kind of the number one secret behind the success that Zana Alexandra now enjoys? I think that from the beginning, it's been very, very organic. Um, and I've been very authentic and I've never tried to be anyone else. And I remember when I had my clothes, I had my brand at Naked. Mm-hmm. And I remember how I felt like I was supposed to make content that was very um like trendy back then um and very perfect and that did not like fit with me at all like it was um it felt like um I was like killing my soul when I tried to be perfect when I'm like the least perfect person like my sister could call me like you just posted a picture of like fresh flowers but you still have the plastic there like why I'm like because it's just me. I didn't think about it. <laughs> yeah. But I'm happy that like a couple years later, the followers appreciated start, started appreciating the real deal. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I've been super, super authentic. And I've really tried to make my design very classic and simple and very, very comfortable. And I think that we do want comfortable clothes. I think all of us women want comfortable clothes. And after Corona, we all realized that we can actually wear comfortable clothes. Um, and I also think that um, I've just been very real to my followers and customers. I think they have appreciated that. They haven't tried to um, make like trends that doesn't feel right to me. Like there is one example where I was supposed to make a dress back in the 2020 mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden I'm like guys we can't do this dress like it doesn't feel right and um my office was like okay if Sana's gut feeling is bad like we have to trust her <laughs> thank god wow. Wow. Um, 
And then I asked my followers, like, okay, this is the design I'm doing. What would what would you guys prefer? And I started asking them questions like, do you feel comfortable in long sleeve or short sleeve? Do you feel comfortable when it's tight around your belly? Do you feel comfortable with this and that? And it ended up with a, it's a it was a floral dress, which is a wrapped dress. And it was really a success. So when you think ahead now, you know, think into 2023, um social media the you know even the fashion landscape changes so quickly what consumers want from it what are your best guesses what do you expect to see particularly with kind of gen z and millennial the younger audiences is there anything you're expecting to see in terms of content engagement content trends what people are looking for online from what i've heard and seen i am sure um people or the younger uh, generations now really want more uh, video content. And I think that TikTok is going to be the new place to be. Um, I need to figure out who I am at TikTok. <laughs> no, but I think that that's going to be the new thing. And I think that all of these like perfect stage pictures on Instagram is not going to work at all anymore. And I also think that um, we all just need to be more conscious. And um, for us um, content creators, I, I'm sure we need to be more uh, unfiltered, honest, and be um, also be like very um, good to like talk to our followers. I think that having a community is going to be very, very important. Like I've always been very... I feel like my my followers and customers are so important. I love talking to them. So I spend a lot of time um, answering their um, messages, et cetera. But I think that's going to be even more important. And I also think um, to make a stand also will uh, impact uh, both content creators um, and also the businesses. Because I think that you have to be real and trustworthy. You know, I think that's going to be the main key um i think you're right the followers know through the camera if it's real or not yeah the phoniness i think is a big turn off for particularly younger consumers nowadays yes i really think so and i'm glad that i like if if this is the future like i'm glad that the younger people who are following a lot of influencers like I'm just happy if my kids one day are going to follow more accounts that are real. Um, the businesses too need to be aware of what they're doing, how they're presenting everything. Like, I think you need to be very conscious about everything because um, if we're going to like make this world better, we all have to step up and be more conscious. For sure. Absolutely. So I have one final question for you. Obviously, you have that background kind of on both sides of the boardroom as an influencer, as a founder of your own brand. If you're thinking of kind of the top three ways that you would suggest that other brands can stand out in what is a crazy competitive marketplace now on social media, what would those top three things be? So like, I would first of all say be you and not try to be anyone else because there's only one you. And I feel like I can really tell when people are trying to be someone else and mm-hmm. try to, like, if you know that someone is successful and then you just jump on that trend, I really think that you should be 
um, comf- comfortable and confident enough to just be you. Um, also to really engage with your community, like the personal contact you have with your followers and customers. I think that's so important. You can grow so much from uh, engaging with your community. And sure. like, also, I'll always feel like my customers and my followers are smart. Like they're super smart. They always challenge me, which is good. And they like, sometimes when I write something, when I'm not thinking, they're like, son, I don't think you mean this. And I'm like, you're, you're absolutely right. Like they, they are the main reason that you are where you are, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and also never stop making content, like be creative and have fun. Um, I really think that content creating is going to be huge now. I feel like people are on their phones so much more and people want new content every single minute. Yep. Um, so I just feel like keep doing it and enjoy it. Like it's nothing to be afraid of. If you like, okay, you, you of course have to be <laughs> aware of what you're doing. But I just mean like when I, when I looked at TikTok yesterday, when I saw this like huge celebrities on TikTok, doing these dances and cooking such like so unfiltered in their kitchens like I love that so I get why people love it yeah you want to see humans yes you want to see humans humans. the real deal yeah the real humans messy and fun and honest (laughs) amazing I think that's such invaluable advice I know our listeners will agree thank you so much for making the time to speak with us today Dana thank you thank you for having me and Merry Christmas (laughs) <laughs> and Merry Christmas! Yeah. <laughs> and that's a wrap on season four of Influence Marketing Talks and 2022. It's been a wild ride, and we're so grateful to have had you join us this year. We'll be back in January with a whole new lineup of amazing guests and exciting topics, ready to keep you on top of all things consumer marketing in the digital age. And in the meantime, you can, of course, always keep up to date with the latest at Cure Media on all socials, as well as at www.curemedia.com. But much more importantly, we hope you enjoy plenty of downtime and some snacks over the festive season. And we will see you back here for a very happy new year.